Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the PropSwap studios of AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. PropSwap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. Uh, you heard the man. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. What's happening? NFL Week 4 in the books, Monday night, and it's a busy Monday, as it always is, man. As it always is. Luke Bergande hanging out with me, founder of Prop Swap, co-hosting every Monday night here in the Prop Swap studios. And the Eagles, they get a win. And not only do they get a win, it's not overreaction Monday, it's victory Monday, and they're in first place. So book your parade plans, plan accordingly, because they're winning it all, baby. Wentz for MVP, here we go. John McMullen, your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, we told you we might be here. The Doug Peterson trademark win where everybody picked against the Eagles. That's where they tend to pull off the surprise. But, yeah, I mean, the larger picture of the NFC East uh, is just so, I mean, historically pathetic. The fact you, you know, think about it. The Eagles win for the first time in a month, win for the first time in 2020 in the calendar year. And they're in first place. So, you know, first, first, first. And that has more to do with the division than anything else. But I do think it's fair to say, hey, they're the front runners, man. <laughs> they get to win this division. And that's pretty sad and pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the NFC East for you. Uh, that's <laughs> That's what happens. I mean, listen, Dak Prescott – three straight games over 450 passing yards he eclipsed 500 passing yards on Sunday against the Browns they lose uh and Carson Wentz John let's let's start there because he's the first person that I attack when he looks bad and the Eagles lose so here we go I'll I'll keep it I'll keep it on an even playing field for the kid he gets a win and there was something different about him one thing that stuck out to me uh Jordan Mailata I think got like a big false start on a third and one and they it moved it to third and six and then they ended up having to punt and right after he got that false start Carson like went up to him patted him on the helmet he's like it's all good man like I need you we're, we're going and it was just how Carson was carrying himself last night I was like okay it seems like he has some confidence right now yeah I don't know if I'm gonna go that far I, I mean I, I think he played for the most part, a cleaner game. We've been talking about that uh, a lot. I, I, the one turnover, but even that was a tip football. So, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I, there were still issues as far as accuracy is concerned. The one, you know, you think about that angle route to Miles Sanders that was at his feet uh, probably would have went for. I don't know, 30 yards, and you never know what's Miles' explosiveness. He might have took it the distance. Uh, and that's the frustrating part for Carson Wentz because then you go, 
later and he th- drops the ball in the bucket to Travis Fulgham uh, and a phenomenal throw. Uh, and, and you talk about the extending the play uh, and, and the Houdini plays um, that he's able to make. And that's the frustration is the lack of consistency. And I think that's what um, is keeping Carson away from getting back to that you know, he's never going to be in the, the Patrick Mahomes level or, or the Aaron Rodgers level, two guys you're seeing tonight. But um, to be back in sort of that crux where I thought he was going to settle in as sort of right in that top ten on a good year, maybe eight, seven, eight, on a bad year, maybe 12, 13. I thought that was going to be his wheelhouse of where he was going to be in this league. To get back to that consistency, that's the key. And I don't think we're there yet. But, hey, to win a game with uh, without your top four receivers, the offensive line issues, uh, down 80% of your offensive line. Lane Johnson was out uh, for a while. It was unbelievable. Jordan Mailata starting his first game. But, you know, <laughs> and and in a larger sense, hey, you could argue Jordan played better than Jason Peters. So you got to give credit to some of these guys. Uh, and, and Jordan would be at the top of that list. And Alex Singleton, another example of, of making a big play due to an injury to T.J. Edwards. That's been the Philadelphia Eagles. And it, it's hard to explain sometimes. Yeah. Um, John, this is Luke Brigandi, Ryan's coach for the evening. I, I agree. I think – I think Carson's running ability was pretty solid last night. He had a nice scamper in the fourth, converted that third and long. Um, but yeah, like there was a there was a second and six in the fourth quarter that he had. I believe it was Miles Sanders across the middle, and he just yeah, that was the angle it. route. Yeah, that that would have went for a long way, and he just threw it at his feet. Yeah. And, and it, it's you know it, it that's. He's had accuracy issues this entire season, and everybody tries to stay away from it. I don't even understand why. I mean, clearly, when you have a throw on the go route for the touchdown, a perfect throw versus that throw you mentioned to Miles, which is just awful, and is a layup, even though Doug Peterson would say there are no layups. But what does that say? It tells you – the consistency is not there with, with the mechanics, with the footwork. That's why you can look like a, a, a million bucks on one throw and look like that on another throw. And I think that's what Carson is kind of fighting through. And maybe it would do some good to actually admit, look, I'm having some issues and, and i got to work on it. And But, you know, they've gone a different route, and Godspeed to that. But, I, you know, until you see consistency – uh, at the game's most important position, I, I think you're going to continue to see frustration uh, with the fan base. Yeah, it's um, he's never going to win unless he's holding up the Lombardi Trophy in, in this city, and that's fair or foul. But you, we talked about Travis Fulgham, and he's the new name now that the city has to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Ward had a had a nice night too, and. Everyone knows him from the last four games, specifically last season. So 
Talk about what you saw specifically from the weapons around Carson Wentz and um, what to expect moving forward, if anything. Yeah, I mean, there were no weapons, and that was the impressive part of, of Carson's performance. And I do think he added sort of, you know, San Francisco's had some trouble uh, with quarterbacks running the football. I think the Eagles were able to take advantage of that. Um and and he did a good job from that standpoint. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was torture up and down the field. I mean, it was back to December of last year when it was 15-play drives and it was, you know, just slowly, slowly make your way down the field. Uh, with the exception uh, of, you mentioned, the Fulgham throw and, and, and that touchdown. And, it, you know, it's so interesting to me because Travis just got here on August 20th. Um, <laughs> he, he just got promoted and, and signed to the active roster on Saturday, the day before the game. And, you know, he's so young, and he doesn't have a, enough sense to not have confidence. So he goes out there and he makes a play. He's six foot two. That's what he's supposed to do, make contested catches. And then you look at J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. He's got no confidence. And he's been beaten down to the point he doesn't even want to get on the field. And then I, I think it's ironic Travis came here, got number six. When he, he made the practice squad, he switched to number 13. Who did he take that from? Nelson Aguilar. He's kind of rebuilding his career in Las Vegas right now and doing some good things out there. Totally shattered his confidence here. This is a tough city to play in, and I, I think you see it. Uh, and, and it's kind of amazing, and you saw it last year with Greg Ward and Boston Scott and Josh Perkins, they didn't have enough sense to not have confidence. I think you're seeing sort of the same thing uh, with a guy like Travis uh, and even Alex Singleton defensively, and as I said, and Jordan Mailata going out there to play. Nobody expected anything from Jordan Mailata. The only thing expected was a disaster. So what does he have to lose? Just go out there and play. And he, and he was pretty good, to be honest, especially when it came to pass blocking. Yeah, he was. And I and give the kid credit, man. I mean, that's his – I think you tweeted this out or retweeted it, John. That wasn't his first NFL start. That was his first start. Yeah, I, yeah, his first start ever. Uh, never took uh, – never – before he got here, obviously, he played rugby in Australia. Everybody knows the story. Uh, never took a rep. Never never put on. I remember talking to him when he was a rookie. He didn't even know how to put on the helmet. He had to get used <laughs> to the helmet. Right. Because the helmets are so heavy. And you think about stuff as simple as that and guys who play, obviously, throughout high school and college. I mean, that's second nature to them by the time they're trying to make a protein. That's. You talk about square one, you talk about uh, projects. I mean, this was the greenest, this was the rawest project you could possibly have. And I've said on on your show, Ryan, and, and shows we've done on other platforms, I've said it from day one, this was always a three-year project from Jeff Stoutland's standpoint. This is year three. And even now, I mean, it got sped up because obviously the Eagles wanted Andre Dillard to be the left tackle. Uh, their safety net was Jason Peters, and that all falls apart, and i got to throw him into the deep end of the pool. 
And hey, week one, it was it was pretty good. You had some struggle uh, struggles with stunts, and, and you mentioned the false start that that was a bad mistake. Now week five is T.J. Watt, so I I I question whether if Nick Bosa was there, I think it would have been a disaster. Yeah, but you know Terry Hodgers an NFL player. He's been a solid player. He's a veteran player. He's not great, but you know he he held up pretty well. He did, and that's it's a positive. And yeah, maybe if Bosa was lining up, it would be a disaster, and that would ruin his career but you know in the NFL and I think Collinsworth said something like this on the broadcast last night he's like it's the NFL your number gets called when it's least expected to be called and then you end up being lined up you know across from someone who's also their number was just called and you make a couple plays and next thing you know you're you find a way to to make it in the NFL that's all it takes and that's what this Eagles team has been doing which what which feels like now for years yeah, and 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 I mentioned that that that, that word confidence, and I, I don't think how people understand how much that can make a difference for players. And you've already seen it. I mentioned Nelson. If anybody's seen any any Raiders games, he's making catches down the field. Uh, he just looks so much more comfortable. I've always talked about how explosive he was. Getting separation was never his problem. This was just a tough city on him. It doesn't have the greatest hands, and he just completely lost confidence. And I think you see the same thing going through J.J. Ortega-Whiteside's mind. And, it, it, you know, there's no question that J.J. has more talent than, than Travis Fulgham. No question. But one guy's out there just having fun, making plays, and the other guy's worried about everything. And it's just, it's become too big for him. Uh, and, and, you know, we have the uh, post-game press conference with Doug. We also get to talk to him on Mondays. And, and, you know, he was he understands. I mean, they have to get Deshaun Jackson back. They have to get Alshon Jeffrey back. And that's the goal. And, and, and they don't want to be out there with Greg Ward and Travis and, and John Hightower. That's not a recipe for success. So they need the veterans back. They need Jalen Rager back. And and even J.J. That's that's the preference. Uh, can they get to that point? Uh, I'll, I'll say this, guys. They have time. Because all they have to do is win this division. So, uh, you know, just keep your head above water and go win the division in December and then you sort of roll the dice, and hopefully everybody's back and healthy for the playoffs. Talking with John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider. Follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, Sports Illustrated at si.com. Extending the play every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. John, you and I talked a lot last week about the defense, and can they win them a game? Can they at least turn the other team over and in a crucial spot – um, they they do just that, and that was really the momentum shifter that the Eagles have been waiting for all season long. Yeah, they got three turnovers, and that had been the issue. They had not generated a turnover. They were pretty solid from a statistical standpoint through the first three weeks. Top ten defense, as I mentioned. Top ten versus the run, top ten versus the pass. 
uh, top 10 and third down defense, but they couldn't turn the football over. Uh, 32nd league and, and, and turnover ratio going into that game, and all of a sudden, here they come. And two interceptions, the pick six by Singleton, the strip sack by Cravon LeBlanc. Um, and, and those things tend to come in waves like that, and, and the dam kind of broke, and they finally got over the hop. And I think starts, it always starts on a Jim Swartz defense with that defensive line, and they were really, really dominant. It's one of the best games Derek Barnett's ever played. Uh, and he made Trent Williams, who's typically a very good player, uh, look ordinary. And then on the other side, out of nowhere, Gennard Avery just, dominated and I think he only had 16 snaps in the game and he hit the quarterback five times that's amazing wow. uh, that kind of pass rush production and he's the one who caused the interception essentially he was all over Nick Mullins when he threw the, the interception to, to Rodney McLeod also had a sack himself late in the game uh, got to CJ Beathard as well um I didn't see that coming, uh, and I, I don't know if you can. I do know you can't. You can't count on that consistently. But that defensive line was just really, really good. Four games in, the Eagles' defense is number one in the NFL in sacks, number nine in yards allowed, number five in yards <laughs> per play allowed, and number five on third down. So maybe it's not as bad as it Fire seems. Jim Schwartz! <laughs> yeah. Fire Jim Schwartz. Someone always has to get fired in this town. All right. So I guess uh, he's By the way, I, you know, I want to throw out, because I got these people on Twitter, why don't you have Darius Slay covering George Kittle? That was the... <laughs> <laughs> Did you see George Kittle uh, when Kayvon Wallace tried to tackle him? Yes. He, he, I mean, <laughs> could you imagine Darius Slay trying to tackle that guy? No, he would. It would be a nightmare. I mean, and I tweeted that out, and this isn't a knock on Ertz. It's just how special Kittle is. He wants the contact, and he dares you to try and hit him. And if you won't hit him, he'll hit you. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of. Uh, Rob Gronkowski and him from that perspective. I mean, he just dishes out punishment. He does. And it's it's pretty amazing uh, to watch. And actually, I think long-term it's going to hurt him because ultimately if you, you crave contact like he does in this league, you're going to get hurt. And he's coming off an injury, number one. But he was so dominant. He was the one player, obviously, uh, the Eagles couldn't deal with uh, – from a defensive perspective, but nobody can deal with it. And that's what, you know, and, and I always say that they want to blame Jim Swartz. And yeah, it, sometimes you, you have to realize the other guy's a superstar and tip your cap to him. He threw the kitchen sink at him. It was linebackers. It was safety. The, on the big, I think it was a 38, 39-yard reception. It was Corvon LeBlanc. It was a corner. He tried everything. And, and and I I don't know. People are not watching the same game I am because they're Schwartz does the same thing on George Kittle. He threw the kitchen sink at him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and you gotta you have to remember you're playing against a guy that's pretty good at calling plays on offense. I mean, Kyle Shanahan and what he was able to do oh, to just great. get the ball into their hands. It was impressive. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, like, like say George Kittle is detached uh, 
from the line of scrimmage. And you can say, okay, it's third and eight, so let's put Slay on him. Well, what does Kyle Shanahan do? Puts him in motion. Then he goes in line. Then what are you going to do? He's going to run the football. You know, you're going to have George Kittle blocking Darius Slay. It's not as easy as people think it is. Thinks it. Think it is. No, no. Those people, uh, respectively, don't really know football. Um, they're just fans of watching it. So, I digress. The Eagles are now one and three against the spread on the year, and for whatever reason, John, they've had a lot of success playing in San Francisco. Eight and two against the spread, and seven and three straight up in their last ten trips to San Fran. Yeah, there's a weird, uh, uh, you know, California stat when the Eagles go there as uh, large underdogs that tend to come out uh, victorious. And they did, you know, that that game against the Rams. Remember, they were dead and buried, and everybody expected them to get trounced. And that was a another Doug Peterson trademark win. I, I think if you looked at Football Night in America, I think all seven people who picked the games picked the 49ers yep. uh, and I, I think everybody from broad street to silicon valley picked uh san francisco and that's <laughs> you kind of uh know that's when the eagles are going to show up and, and sometimes you start to wonder and, and and say to yourself why the why does this team i think this is fair by the way why does this team need to be pushed against the wall before showing up and and you know Doug has used that us versus them card time and time and time again and mm-hmm. he constantly does it it constantly works and I don't know why it works at this point I, I mean you would think the players would see through it <laughs> hey I mean keep going to it until the well is completely dry um, yeah, if it works it works exactly so the Eagles had odds of plus 275 to win the division prior to the Sunday slate of games, and then you add that disappointing loss for the Cowboys at home, um, and the Eagles win, obviously, which we've been discussing, and the Eagles now are all the way up to plus 110 to win the East, and Dallas now has moved down to minus 115. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I do think it, it's, Obviously, we're through the quarter mark of the season, so there's plenty of, of football uh, to be played. And I do think, and I've said this pretty consistently, it's going to come down to the two games uh, between the Eagles and Cowboys. And the Cowboys are very much like what I just said about the Eagles. Uh, obviously, it's not going well for them, but there is plenty of time to figure it out. They've obviously proven they can move the football. They can score on anybody. Uh, so I, you, you almost think it, 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 you can't play any worse defensively than they played to this point. And you would think they would start getting incrementally better. We've talked a lot about no offseason because of COVID-19. And, and really, so we're at, you know, we're through four weeks. That's a typical preseason. And now, in theory, um, guys should be start, guys should start improving uh, all over the league. They should start kind of finding their way, and I, I think the Cowboys are obviously not going to be great defensively, but I don't know if they're going to be this historically bad, and if they can kind of just turn into a, forget about a, a top 10, but maybe even a top 20 defense, they'll be able to outscore people. So 
I, I'm not ready to say um, close the book on them uh, at this point because they are so dynamic offensively. Uh, but it, it's it, it, both of these teams have a lot of holes, a lot of things to figure out. And the only reason um, you're confident in either of them is because they're in the division they're in, to be honest. Before I get your early week Monday night thoughts on the next game already, because that's what we do here, we immediately look ahead. But Lane Johnson and Doug Peterson did admit that that injury from for Lane is going to linger a little while. Talk about Lane Johnson, what he's dealing with, and uh, your thoughts moving forward. Yeah, Lane admitted that before, and 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 he's he's been very honest about the injury, and he had uh, surgery in 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 August late August, really, uh, and, and the fact that he's out there is, is pretty amazing to begin with. Uh, and he mentioned really dating back to week one, you remember he was questionable, uh, and it was iffy right up until game day in Washington, if he'd play or not. And, and he told me it, he didn't play because of the, the drive down there, and his ankle swelled up uh, on the drive down, and, and that's why he couldn't play. And he continues to have problems with swelling. Uh, I think that was the issue. Uh, didn't feel right early in the game uh, against the 49ers and got it loosened up and, and, and played pretty well in the second half. Uh, and it's going to be an issue probably uh, throughout the season. Um, but he does think it will get better uh, as he gets further away uh, from the surgery as far as the swelling goes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you got to be concerned because there's been so many. The, the Eagles have been devastated on the offensive line. That was supposed to be the strength uh, of their team offensively, and you've already lost Brandon Brooks. We mentioned Dillard, Isaac Samalas out with the knee injury. Lane is in and out of the lineup. Jason Peters is on IR now. I mean, that's pretty. <laughs> in an offensive line deficient league. It's actually pretty amazing what Jeff Stoutland's been able to cobble together, and I I've talked about Nate Herbig a lot. He's been, you know, quiet. You don't notice Nate, and that's good because uh, he's he's been, you know, he's not great, but he's been solid. And, and now Jordan is thrown into the deep end of the pool, and he was, as I said, he was pretty good. Big test, though. You mentioned next week. T.J. Watt, man, it's one of the best edge rushers in this league. Yeah, that's going to be a little bit scary. So, But, listen, the Eagles right now, at least on FanDuel, they're a 7.5-point dog. Uh, so another touchdown line there for the Eagles, at least as it stands tonight. I think that would maybe move up to like 6 or 5.5 as we get closer uh, to Sunday. But the Steelers now, they have a bye week and an extra week to prepare for the Eagles. And you look at what the Eagles have been able to do against the Steelers. They're 7-3 and three, both overall and against the spread against the Steelers in the last 10. Yeah, and also remember, and uh, I talked to Doug Peterson about this today, you know, road games aren't road games anymore. I mean, they just aren't. And... Uh, no fans or few fans, depending on what stadium you're in. You know, there's certain games you look on the schedule and say, okay, that's a really difficult place to play. And it's just not anymore. 
So, I, I mean, as long as you handle the logistics of the actual uh, trip out there, and, you know, San Francisco is obviously Santa Clara, much more difficult than, than Pittsburgh. But in some ways, as I mentioned with the Washington trip, it might be more difficult for somebody like Lane Johnson uh, because of the swelling issues. So uh, there's always little things like that that you got to enter into the mix, but you see it all over the league. Uh, I mean, there is barely any home field advantage any longer, uh, and, and that's going to be the case, and that's helpful for the road team always. Yeah, it is, and I, I saw an interesting article, and I talked about it on Friday's show a little bit, how um... – how that uh, the the no the no fans and the communication at the line is much easier and you know the quarterback to adjust and obviously we're seeing Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers with silent counts so that no noise no fan factor has caused for an increase in in points uh, throughout the league so we'll see how it goes yeah I, I think that and and also they're not calling holding penalties I think those are mm-hmm. the two things that that have have really been the things you can point out as far as the spiking of scoring. And that's why I I defaulted to Green Bay as my Super Bowl favorites because Aaron Rodgers can use those hard counts on the road, and he's just killing people with it. Yeah, he's he's eating uh, opposing defenses up right now, and uh, they're they're scary. So they're a team to watch for sure. But another thing to watch and listen to is right here, the Football Fix every night at 10.30 with our NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at J.F. McMullen and all of his articles on phillyvoice.com and Sports Illustrated at si.com. And he extends the play every Saturday morning from 10 to 11. Johnny Mac, thank you as always, my friend. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And I don't throw the football on the ground like certain quarterbacks. <laughs> no, never on the ground. Always for first downs with John McMullen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Uh, There he is, John McMullen. Eagles win. It's our first Eagles win recap here on the fix. And just like that, one hour down, two more to go. Live in the Prop Swap Studios as the Packers are up 20 to 9 against the Atlanta Falcons with just over seven minutes to play. How about that man, Aaron Rodgers? How about his NFL MVP odds? Should you prop swap it? We'll tell you right here at the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Don't miss out. Prop Swap has future tickets on Green Bay selling like crazy. Green Bay odds started at 40 to 1, and now they've shot down to 15 to 1. Smart gamblers have been buying and selling Green Bay on Prop Swap and are making a killing, and in just a few weeks. Also, right now, find Kyler Murray to win MVP tickets available on Prop Swap. He's red hot, and he has led Arizona to an amazing start. Hurry and get a piece of the action. Go to PropSwap.com right now or download the Prop Swap app to learn how you can start making money. Prop Swap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Heard it work. Go right now to InjuredWorkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help, that care, and that you can count on. Go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. 
Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates, South Jersey. Jersey's best. The second level. I saw this come out that the ACC will propose that every single team in Division One will make the 2021 NCAA tournament. Let's be honest with ourselves. There's only one name who's really running the show here. Mike Shashevsky. It ain't our buddy in UNC right now. It's not Big Roy down there. You're hearing AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com. 